Welcome into another episode of the Hoop Fiends podcast. I'm back again, flying solo, covering the NCAA tournament. What an opening weekend of March Madness it was. So many crazy upsets, a lot of awesome games, a lot of stuff to talk about and react to. I'm here to cover all of it, all of the round of 64, all of the round of 32, and preview the Sweet 16 and the rest of the tourney to come. I'll be quick. Just like last episode, hopefully keep this to about 20-25 minutes at the most. But just want to talk about everything, everything I saw, all the best players, all the best moments. How I did in predicting uh, the first two rounds of the tournament. Some good, some bad. Uh, But yeah, I'm just super excited to talk about all of it. And with that being said, why don't we start... um, I'm going to go region by region again, kind of like I did to preview uh, the tournament. Uh, We will start in the south um, the game, the tournament opened with the Terps and West Virginia, and I couldn't have been more excited with how this turned out, obviously. It was a hard-fought victory for the Terps. They took down Mr. Huggins um, in the opening round of the tournament. Um, obviously went on to get waxed by Alabama, but we don't really need to talk about that. We kind of expected the winner of this game to lose to Alabama. Um, I didn't really give the Terps much of a chance in this game. I obviously was rooting for them and praying like hell that they were able to escape with a victory. Um, but some guys stepped up. I mean, Juju Reese looked like a true NBA prospect with the way he was rebounding, the way he was dominating in the paint. I mean, his shot isn't there. His free throws do not look good. But I couldn't have been more proud. Maryland has been uh, just churning out big men the past few years with Jalen Smith, Bruno Fernando, um, obviously guys who haven't had a ton of success in the NBA, but guys who have made the jump there and it's exciting to see Juju Reese uh, kind of take a next step in his career I doubt he makes that leap next year I assume he'll be back for another year with Maryland and to hopefully continue to bring back relevance to this Maryland program Uh, Mr. Willard I know there's been a lot of uh, different takes about him throughout the year, um, but I've, I just really like the job he did. I mean, he turned us into a dominant team at home. We've always been really good at home, uh, but I thought we were really special this year at home, and a lot of people were saying, oh, now that they're away from home, they're not going to win this game uh, in the tournament, but he still found a way. He made the team play hard all year. Um, people were questioning the signing. I questioned the signing, but I have never was really much of a Turgeon guy, and I'm just really, really happy for him to get a tournament win, to go out in style, yeah, obviously went on to lose in embarrassing fashion to Alabama, but they're just a uh, juggernaut. They are a wagon. There's nothing you can really do about that. Just a good all-around season. Uh, and I'll just cap it at that. Just very happy with how they performed, and I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully you can get a higher seed than an eight seed. It was a bad draw if we ended up with uh, one in the bracket with a one seed like Purdue. Maybe we would have had a chance. But what are you going to do? Move on. Great season for Maryland. Um, the second game of the tournament, I preached and preached about my Furman Paladins on this podcast last time, how much I loved them, and this game against Virginia was probably the game of the tournament so far. Obviously, um, they didn't look to be in good shape. They were competitive, but they seemed to be kind of just down by five, down by six, almost all game, but eventually they pulled within uh, two um, within the final seconds, obviously the one of the worst passes you've ever seen by Virginia. Uh, the, the gentleman had the game-winning pass um, in, the, I think it was the final four a couple years ago when uh, Virginia went on to win it all. He had one of the great passes, um, and 
you see him turn it over like that in this game uh, to Begeese, and he hit the big three. Kevin Harlan with one of the calls of the tournament. Did we just see what I think we just saw? That was awesome. Stan Van Gundy's face. He definitely had like thousands of dollars on Virginia the way he looked after that shot went in. Um, Just a great way to kind of kick off March Madness with the Maryland game down to the last shot. And this kind of almost the same moment uh, with Virginia turning it over and Piggy's hitting the shot for the win. Uh, Just a great showing by the Paladins. It was an awesome start for me. I told you on the preview that those were the two things I was hoping to happen. I didn't think they would, but it ended up pulling through for me. I obviously had Furman going on into the Sweet 16, which I was wrong about. They did not show up at all against San Diego State. I had San Diego State losing to Charleston in the first round. Charleston put up a really good fight against San Diego State. San Diego State looked much more vulnerable in that game than they did against Furman. They looked like a powerhouse against Furman. Their offense was flowing. A lot of things looked well. They just... It's night and day with San Diego State. I mean, if they play like they did against Charleston, against any team in this tournament, probably they're not going to win. They barely escaped against Charleston. I thought Furman was going to be able to beat them, but they had the best game of their season, maybe, against Furman. They are obviously great on defense, but their offense was showing there. Now they're set up against Alabama, but we will talk about that uh, when we get there. Um, Creighton, one of my favorite teams in the tournament, picked them to upset Baylor in the Sweet 16. One of the only Sweet 16 picks that I think I got right. I had a great round of 64 but my round of 32 was not as good. Uh, but Creighton was a highlight. Kalkbrenner, like I said, he was just dominant against uh, NC State. No one could put a body on him. No one could stop him. And then Baylor just had no size to contain him. And, I mean, Nemhard just dominated this game against Baylor. He had 30 points. No one could stop him. The Baylor guards are can get hot, but that's just not how you win this tournament. They need to play defense, and they didn't have a team capable of doing it this year. I was surprised they are a three seed, and I wasn't surprised to see them fall, uh, especially to Creighton. I thought even UC Santa Barbara would have put up more of a fight. I was I thought they would keep it to within single digits. Ended up losing by 18, but not surprised to see Creighton move on to the Sweet 16. Very, very good team, and probably one of my favorite teams left. Unfortunately, they are in the same bracket as Bama. Last game uh, to talk about in the South region, we had what would have been the greatest upset, if not for what we'll talk about later, Princeton, number 15, taking down Arizona. Pride of the Ivy League, so proud to say I'm a member of the Ivy League now. Uh, Great representation. Princeton was meh all year. I mean, Yale was the better team throughout the regular season and through the Ivy League play, but Princeton pulled off the upset in the Ivy League championship and went on to, I feel like, just completely outplay Arizona in a lot of facets. They were just quicker. I felt like they were quicker to the ball. They were shooting better. Arizona had good big men, but they just didn't dominate like they should have against a team like Princeton, much smaller. And when you can't capitalize on your size advantage like that, Arizona's guards weren't good enough. Princeton's guards were better in that game, and they just outplayed them, earned the upset. Crazy, crazy upset. Um, obviously not as storybook of an upset as what we'll get to later in a team like St. Peter's. Princeton's a household name, Ivy League. Uh, obviously not known necessarily for their sports, but just very much known um, throughout the country. You don't get that same like wow factor you do when you hear like a school with like six syllables uh, pulling off an upset. Uh, but still good for Princeton. Everyone was rooting for it. It was a very, very awesome, awesome upset. Um, obviously, I think the more of a story was them advancing to the Sweet 16, taking down Missouri. 
I cannot believe I picked Utah State against Missouri. I spouted off about how much I hate the Mountain West on this podcast, and yet I still picked Utah State uh, to beat Missouri. I should have known. Uh, and then I should have known not to overreact to uh, that game, Missouri beating Utah State, because Utah State's a joke, and the Mountain West is a joke. Yeah, San Diego State is doing well, uh, but they were a different class. I feel like they're, they shouldn't even be compared. No one else in the Mountain West won a game this year. They didn't win a game last year. They're still a joke to me. I just think San Diego State is a different class, and I should have recognized that. Uh, but Princeton taking down Missouri, not sorry, not taking down Missouri in the round of 32, they destroyed them. They made them look like a joke. I think Princeton moving on into the Sweet 16 probably was picked by absolutely nobody, but except for maybe Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons loved Princeton, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but just a dominant win. Again, they just are playing great basketball right now. They're going into a tough matchup against Creighton. Very unfortunate. But one of the stories of this entire tournament is this Princeton team. They're a lot of fun to watch, and pretty much everybody will be rooting for them from here on. All right, moving down into the East Bracket. I mean, we have to start with Purdue. What an absolute joke of a team. Matt Painter after the game, losing to 16-seed Fairleigh Dickinson, a team that didn't even win their own conference tournament, a team that was in the play-in, had no right being there. He still found a way to lose this game. I knew they were a joke. I didn't think it would be possible for them to lose this game. I thought they would have a really, really tough time in the round of 32 against Memphis or FAU, but this just, I mean, come on, man. I feel so bad for Zach Eady. He doesn't deserve this. They couldn't even get him a shot in the last nine minutes of the game. I think he might have had one, but just what are these guards on Purdue were scared to shoot. FDU was just faster all around. They were the shortest team in Division One, and Purdue has a guy who's 7-4 in Zach Eady with all the talent in the world, and they couldn't find a way to make this work just a horrible coaching job by Matt Painter I know he owned it after the game he was very very um what's the word he was just uh open to the criticism and I get it I mean it's been a tough tough road for Purdue the past few years losing to St. Peter's they've lost to uh double digit seeds the last three years absolutely horrible but I mean this team wasn't as talented they weren't supposed to have as good a year as they did and a lot of the that was due to just how much of a leap Zach Eady took and I just I can't help but feel bad for him as much as I pray on the demise of Purdue just because of how I feel about them and their program in the past few years I can't help but feel for him he had a great game for the first 30 minutes and then everything fell apart they were triple teaming him no one would knock down a shot when he would pass the ball out of the post it was just a joke there's so much I could say about this but I want to talk about more about FDU, the pride of New Jersey, another New Jersey small school coming in kicking ass in the tournament. Tobin Anderson was awesome. The video of him saying, I think we could beat Purdue. He's like the rest of us. We all should have known they could have beat Purdue just because Purdue has been a joke. I can't even believe they managed to win the uh, Big Ten tournament. I know Penn State almost came back against them. They, they had an easy, probably easy road, I'd say, to get there. It's just... I should have seen this coming, man. They not surprised at all. And I can't say I guess it is the biggest upset ever, right? Because UMBC taking down Virginia, they destroyed them in their own right, but Virginia was at down DeAndre Hunter that year. This is just crazy. A team that didn't win their own conference tournament had no right being there and just take down the national uh the conference player of the year, the wooden award winner. It's just so embarrassing, and Purdue really needs to figure some stuff out because I don't know how you bounce back from this one. The good news for Purdue, you literally cannot stoop lower than this. 
after losing to a 15 and now a 16, I don't see how it could possibly get lower or worse for Purdue. Matt Painter probably has one more year to figure some stuff out, or he's going to end up somewhere else. I mean, at this point, you just gotta gotta move on. I think that was a story of the first round. I think personally. Um, obviously, they went on to play FAU, who, in one of the surprises of the tournament, took down Memphis 66-65, another awesome game. They won it pretty much at the buzzer. I think everyone had Memphis winning this game. I think that's what you should have known. Um, and they fought against Fairleigh Dickinson. It was a close game for the most part. It was an impressive, impressive performance. But FAU comes out on top and will make it to the Sweet 16. Duke Oral Roberts, another trendy and sexy upset. Almost everyone was picking Oral Roberts in this game, but Duke won it probably from the opening tip. I think they went up like 12-1, to 1 and Bale, Oral Roberts was never competitive in this game. Max Smith was good. I mean, I don't even know if he was good, um, but he was awesome all year, and then I think they were just overmatched. Duke was the hottest team coming into this tournament, but it just wasn't. Uh, made to work out for Duke this year. They had a title run. They had a chance uh, to an easy path to the Final Four after, uh, obviously, Purdue goes down and a couple other upsets happened. Um, Tennessee took down Louisiana. No real surprise there. I kind of liked Louisiana in this game. They fought but just came up short. Duke-Tennessee in the round of 32, I would have bet a billion dollars Duke won this game, but they were embarrassed. I mean, Tennessee flat out outplayed them on all levels. They didn't have their point guard. I really uh, just wasn't a fan of this Tennessee team. I'm still not a fan of this t- Tennessee team, as you'll see uh, later on in this podcast. But, man, did Rick Barnes just put on a show in this game. Uh, Duke couldn't get anything going. Uh, Roach was good, but I think that's about it. I mean, they couldn't get anything out of any of their other players. Toppin had an absolutely horrible game after being awesome in the opening round there's just it's, oh sorry not topping um fuck who the fuck i forgot they're big um but it doesn't really matter it doesn't they just they're a joke i had them go into the final four and i'm really upset because they really had a good chance to do it and they choked it away um and i didn't even get to watch the game that's the worst part i was on a train or on a subway the whole time so Duke, one of my worst picks, picking them to the Final Four, just a joke. Can't believe you lost to Rick Barnes. You had a matchup against FAU after this, and you choked it away. Uh, the story of the tournament for me, my Kentucky revenge narrative, um, obviously uh, it was kind of good uh, when they uh, defeated Providence, and everyone was obviously picking Providence in the revenge game for Providence, uh, but I thought Kentucky was made to go on a run this year. Um, they ended up taking down Providence, facing Kansas State, and just choking against Kansas State, another coach, Cal, just disaster class. Um, he After the game, he wasn't even calling the players on Kansas State by names. He was like, little fella and that guy over there who made the three. And they had this game in their class. This is where Toppin kind of choked things away. Uh, they just didn't have a true point guard. Shibway was awesome. I love Shibway. I've always loved Shibway, but... There's only so much you can do when he's getting 20 rebounds, but nobody can make a shot, and that's kind of what happened at the end of the game. Kansas State, through their guards, just found a way to win. I still think they're very overrated. I still don't think they are going to make a run in this tournament, but they found a way to get this win. I think Coach Cal, just, it's another disappointment. He hasn't been good in the past like three or four years. They let me down last year. I really thought it was meant to be to have a Kentucky-Michigan State matchup at MSG in the Sweet 16, but we just didn't get get it to happen. Very unfortunate. 
What we did get to happen was a Michigan State upset over Marquette. Again, one of the only things I did get right um, in my round of 32 predictions, I had Duke and Kentucky both losing. That one hurt. But I did have Kentucky, uh, Michigan State beating Marquette. I think Izzo is just different when he has no expectations. It's crazy. The Jaron Jackson years, the Miles Bridges years, can't get far. But when he doesn't have necessarily the most talent, when no one's really expecting a lot out of him, he comes through. He took down Shaka Smart, one of the worst against the spread coaches in all of college basketball, Shaka Smart. And just a huge win for Michigan State, a huge win for the Big Ten, the last Big Ten team remaining. Um, I love Ahsoko. They're big. Um, he's been awesome. And I love some people like their guards, some people don't like their guards. I just think they knock down shots. I love Joey Hauser, Sam Hauser's brother. He knocks down all of his open threes. I think they're just a really streaky team. They seem to be streaking in the right direction right now. If they could stay hot, I do think they, spoiler, are going to beat Kansas State. Might be wrong, but when a 7 seed is favored over a 3 seed, I'm riding Tom Izzo, Mr. March, till I die. In the Midwest, Houston, Sasser gets hurt against. Northern Kentucky in the first game, there was a real concern they were going to go down too. We were going to have two number one seeds lose in the first round, but eventually they kind of pulled away from Northern Kentucky. Also had a scare against Auburn, but pulled away in the second half. Um, we have Houston in the Sweet 16, like a lot of people predicted. Um, my Drake upset pick over Miami looked so good, man. Drake looked to be dominating this basketball game. They were up by like eight late in the fourth quarter, but Miami just managed to turn on a press, turn things around. Drake's senior guard just turned it over like three times in a row. Very unfortunate. Miami was able to pull things back into grasp and eventually escape with the win. And then playing Indiana in the second round, I cannot say enough about how much I loved this Indiana team. I had them in the Sweet 16. Trace Jackson Davis put on a show for me these two games. God I can't say enough about how much I love him. Guy was averaging like five blocks, four assists, 20 points, 10 rebounds. He literally does it all. I hope NBA draft scouts saw what he was able to do in this tournament, maybe moved him up some draft boards. He has to be a lottery pick, man. I'm telling you, he's going to be an absolutely valuable NBA player. I understand he's probably not going to be like a top 10 pick. I get that, but like he should be up there. He's not... He's better than, like, a late first-rounder flyer. Like, he's going to be a really good player. And whatever team does end up taking him late first round, they're going to get a winner. It's going to go to a winning team probably. And he's solidified my favorite college basketball player of the year for sure. Trace Jackson Davis was awesome. He did all he could against Miami. Um, obviously, Jackson uh, Shafino Jackson took over late in that game to try and bring Indiana back into it against Miami. But Isaiah Wong was Proved he was ACC Player of the Year for a reason. He just couldn't miss after having a bad game against Drake. He came out on fire, and Miami finds themselves back in the Sweet 16 yet again. Hate it, but what are you going to do? Not, I'm just mad. I was really hoping Indiana was going to win this game. This was the game that upset me the most out of all the games uh, I got wrong. I really, really felt good about this Indiana team. I didn't think they were going to be able to get past Houston, but I had loved what I'd seen from them all year. I thought they would be a good representation for the Big Ten as well, but unfortunately fell just short. Um, had a great call with Pittsburgh over Iowa State in the first round. Iowa State with one of the worst performances in maybe NCAA tournament history. I think they shot like 20% in the game, only put up 41 points. Pittsburgh won with 59. Just crazy. Came in hot out of... Uh, the opening uh, round a day ago, and then 
I don't even know if the defense was good. I mean, Iowa State just literally couldn't hit a shot, whether it was Cal Shore, whether it was big Koontz. I used to like Koontz, but he was a joke. Um, they ended up just wiping the floor with Iowa State. Just another bad showing for Iowa State, two years in a row. Obviously, they got a win last year, but I really like this team, just the way they defend, and their defense isn't good enough if your offense can't make any shots. So that's something they need to address. Obviously, when they had Halliburton, things were different, and that Iowa State team is really special, and that's kind of when I fell in love with them. But I have to kind of realize that without him, they've kind of been bad on offense for probably two years now. Xavier against Kennesaw State. Xavier was really in trouble in this game, but wound up pulling away for a 72-67 victory and then just destroyed Pittsburgh. Uh, they didn't destroy Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh kind of fought back late, but it was never really in question. Xavier was able to escape with an 84-73 win to punch their ticket into the Sweet 16. Uh, Texas kind of wiped the floor with Colgate. Anyone who believed in Colgate for like the fourth straight year was punished. Uh, the surprise of this uh, region to me was Texas A&M getting absolutely floored by Penn State. Jalen Pickett leading the way had an awesome game, but Texas A&M a lot of people thought was overseeded, I guess, or underseeded. I don't know. I thought they should have been like a four or five seed. So to be in this game against Penn State, I guess you could say it was kind of bad luck. Penn State was really hot after making a run through the Big Ten and almost beating Purdue. Probably should have beat Purdue, and they just. Stayed on fire. They absolutely dominated in this game. And Texas A&M just ran into a buzzsaw. Sometimes that happens in March. Very unfortunate. And I, a team that I really had a lot of belief in fell early. But I didn't have any of those teams making it past Texas A&M. And, I mean, Penn State definitely made it a game. It wasn't close all throughout. But, again, just kind of like the Purdue game in the Big Ten Championship, they fought back late, hit some big shots, and it just wasn't enough in the end. Uh, the West... This is a, I don't know if I want to say, yeah, it was pretty chalky side of the bracket. Um, a lot of things happened that were expected. Uh, Kansas, obviously, wiping the floor with Howard. Arkansas, a team that I loved and detailed in the last podcast, beat Illinois. And the story of the bracket was Arkansas upsetting number one seed, defending champion Kansas, 72-71 in the round of 32. The must bus, he did it again. Chop Suey, the Hogs, did it and are into the Sweet 16. Gotta love this Arkansas team. Nick Smith, they have guards. They have so much guard play. Nick Smith actually got benched in this game uh, late into it. The must bus said, you know what? I want to play a reliable guard. I want to make sure you're not chucking up shots. I want to make sure things are smart. And it wound up being the right call that came from behind and took down the defending champions. I think a lot of it was Bill Self not being there. I think it hurt this Kansas team. I don't know who their interim coach was. I'm sure he was fine. I'm sure he was a good coach and did all he could, but not having a coach like Bill Self on the sideline, I think hurt this team. Arkansas finds its way into the Sweet 16, upsetting a one seed for the second straight year. UConn, man. I gotta talk UConn, the second half Huskies. They looked like they were dead in the first half against Iona and in the first half against St. Mary's in the second round, but they came alive in the second half, led by Jordan Hawkins both times, who had quiet first halves, and then exploded in the second halves. I mean, you, you can only say so much about this guy. The way he shoots, it's weird that he can't kind of keep things going um, throughout the whole game. I don't know why he can't, like, dominate um throughout the whole game but that's a different uh I guess that's a different question I don't know what you're supposed to do um about that to get him going coaching wise but I think they're 
one of the teams I was most impressed by throughout this uh, first round. Um, I definitely like them. I picked them to go to the Final Four for a reason. But I think they just surprised me from uh, a talent level in terms of uh, their big men. I did not think um, they had this type of big men play. And it's not even, uh, like, I shouldn't say... Um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but Adama Sinogo has been absolutely dominant the past two games, and that I guess that's where I was going with this. I just didn't know he was this good. Um, he showed to be one of the single best players in the tournament. He reminded me a lot of what Shibwe does for uh, Kentucky and why I liked him so much. Uh, he rebounds well. He blocks shots. He's athletic. He finishes. He could literally do everything, and I think uh, playing at the peak like he's been doing makes this UConn team a load of trouble with their guard play the way it is, and respect... I. Uh, sorry that I do not know their backup big's name, but he's, like, awesome. Whenever Sonogo comes out, their backup big comes in and does just as good, and that is huge in March. They literally are not losing a step at all throughout the whole game. I think they're destined to make a run, but this region is so, so tough, so, so difficult to predict because there's so much talent in it, a lot of blue bloods, but I really do like UConn to come out of it. Um, and then we have Gonzaga and UCLA. Um, there's not really much to talk about here. Um, Gonzaga took care of business. They had a great game against TCU. I had Arizona State beating TCU in the first round. I felt really good about that pick. TCU snuck out with a 72-70 victory and then put up a great fight against Gonzaga. That team is really good, man. They're so well talent. They're so well coached, so talented. Um, I just love their center, Eddie Lemkin. I think his name was, or Lem- I know it was Lemkin, and he left the team. And I think that just was too much to replace not having him there anymore. Gonzaga comes away with the eighty-four, eighty-one victory. UCLA close call with uh, Northwestern, but wound up comfortably taking a win um, by the end of it. So there you have it. We officially have our official Sweet Sixteen. Alabama, San Diego State, Creighton, Princeton, FAU, Tennessee, Kansas State, Michigan State, Houston, Miami, Xavier, Texas, Arkansas, UConn, UCLA, Gonzaga. We'll start at the bottom and now work our way back up quickly before I end things and look forward to watching the games tomorrow. Um, The story of the Sweet 16 for me, the rematch of the COVID year, Jalen Suggs, Gonzaga, UCLA, I'm so excited for this game. I love UCLA. I've been rooting for this Gonzaga team all throughout the year, just as a team that deserves it. They're sneaking and sneaky up uh, under the radar heading into this tournament as a three seed. Not a lot of expectations. Would be awesome to see them finally get over the hump. UCLA, I love their guards. I love Tiger Campbell. I love Hawkes. I love everything they do. Nick Cronin's such a good coach. I went there. I love that campus. I just love everything about them. Um, So this is the game of the weekend for me. I have Gonzaga winning this game. Don't feel great about it because I usually pick UCLA in this spot, but I'll be happy with either team. I'm be, I'll be watching this game, a fan of both teams, rooting for a great game. Take the over. That's a game you take the over because I just think it's going to be great basketball. No matter how good UCLA is on defense, I just think there's a lot of shot makers, a lot of players on these teams, and I couldn't be more excited for this game. UConn-Arkansas, I think we're going to see Arkansas's awesome run come to an end here. I think UConn is just an absolutely uh, an absolute wagon right now. Um, the way has been playing, like I said, if Hawkins can play a full game, I don't think anybody can beat them. No matter how well coached Arkansas is, no matter how much I like them, I really like them to beat Kansas in that spot, but I think this is where their run comes to an end. Um, I won't be surprised if they do pull off another upset and beat UConn, but I think it does come to an end for here for the must-bus. Texas Xavier, 
I just like Texas here. I like their guards. I don't like Xavier. I've picked against them like every round. I'm sticking by it. I have Texas in my Elite Eight originally, and I'm standing by that. Uh, Miami-Houston, if Isaiah Wong is hot, you can stop him. But Houston defense, uh, whether it's Sasser, is playing or not playing at full strength, I really truly think they're going to find a way to win this. I think teams kind of had their chance when Houston was vulnerable. I think Auburn had a chance in the first half. I think even Northern Kentucky had a chance. But I think Houston's kind of rounded back into form. I find it hard to believe they lose to a Miami team here without their center. Um, I hinted at earlier I like Michigan State over Kansas State for all the reasons I said above. Uh, I think just Tom Izzo in the spot. Kansas State uh, has been trending down um, heading into the tournament. They've obviously uh, had a huge statement win against Kentucky. I just don't think they'll be able to contain um, the Michigan State, Ahsoka, and guard play. I wish it was Kentucky in this game so much. So I think it's more of a spite pick that I'm pitching, picking Michigan State. Uh, but we'll see what I... We'll see if I'm right here. Um, FAU, Tennessee. I'm picking FAU in this game. Obviously, I've been picking against Tennessee all year. I don't have a lot of analysis on the, this FAU team. I just think they're really spunky, really athletic. They showed that against the Memphis team. That's kind of where I'm getting my analysis from. I think if they play like that, like, like they did against Memphis, I think uh, they take down Tennessee here. I just think it's going to eventually catch up to Tennessee not having their point guard and having Rick Barnes as their head coach. You have to pick Creighton over Princeton. I'll be rooting for Princeton, but I just cannot see them beating a team like Creighton. Creighton is the third-best team in uh, this side of the bracket. Obviously, Princeton beat the second-best team in Arizona, but I just think it comes to an end here for Princeton. Uh, like I said, I think Alabama is still my national champion pick. Um, I think San Diego State might make this a little more interesting and closer than people realize. Their defensive style of play can really, I think, slow down Alabama's explosive offense, but I think ultimately Alabama just has way too much talent. Um, unless San Diego State shoots the ball lights out like they did against Furman, I think they could lose by 10. But even if they do shoot the ball well, I don't see them finding a way to win this ball game. Um, Alabama Creighton, if it does shake out that way, I think is going to be one of the games of the tournament two of the most talented teams in my eyes. I still have Alabama finding a way to win it and coming out of the South region, but I would not be surprised if Creighton pulled off an upset there. I have uh, Michigan State emerging out of the East um, after be- taking down FAU. I think they beat Tennessee, even if uh, Tennessee escapes FAU. Uh, I still have Houston beating Texas. I haven't seen anything to make me change my mind about that. I think Houston's just too talented, and I think they've worked out their kinks. And UConn beating Gonzaga and making it into the Final Four. Uh, three of my four original Final Four picks are still there. <clears throat> I still do have Houston taking down UConn. And um, obviously no Duke, so I'm having Alabama take down Michigan State. And with Alabama still your national champion. That's kind of where I fall on things heading into this weekend. Obviously really excited to see how things play out. Um, I'll be back again next week to recap the action of the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. And maybe we'll have a regular old Hoop Fiends episode as well. I kind of want to start looking at the playoff picture and taking a look down and breakdown of the seeds and potential playoff matchups, what we want to see. There's award races, a whole lot of storylines. John Morant might be back. Uh, we'll get Riley and John back on here. Maybe I'll have them talk some March Madness as well, see what they have to think of the tournament as a whole so far. 
Um, I know I promised some hoop, uh, football fiends episodes and podcasts, but with all this Lamar Jackson saga, I haven't been able to like truly take in and process everything that's happening in the NFL. I think um, I'm just going to get with JP and say, like, until Lamar Jackson figures this out, until we get some relevant news about that that I can talk about on this podcast, I don't want to talk about free agency because there's a lot going on, yes. We'll get to it. We'll talk about all of it. But I need Lamar to sign before I could truly even think about NFL. I want to scream about it or I want to be happy about it. I just need a resolution there. Whether it's going to come soon or not, I don't know. Um, If it doesn't come by the draft, then I promise we will recap free agency and everything else that's gone down. But for now, we're putting that on hiatus. We will be back at some point, I promise. Uh, But not next week, not this week. Um, Probably soon, though. Who knows? But soon. You can follow us at at @hoopfiendspod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to stay up to date with everything we're putting out and whenever that Football Fiends episode does come. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would really help us out, and I would appreciate it. And until next next week, we'll catch you guys next time. Enjoy week two of the tournament.